InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I made, well, we all made it to October 19th, right? It's been a pretty rough month so far. And here, where I am in Southern California, it doesn't look or feel much like fall. I mean, it was 85 degrees here today. So it was pretty warm, warmer than I like it. I want to have some cool weather. Anyway, no, that's to say nothing of winter. We really don't see winter here. When I was uh, when I was started my career in New York, I, I I grew up in San Diego. I went to college here in the West Coast. Then my first real job was in New York City, and uh, when I first went back there, I had a rude awakening what weather changes were like. I never experienced them until I was 22, 21, 22. Anyway, I know like parts of Wisconsin. It was 30 degrees overnight. Man, that's cold. I know it gets really cold in Denver, you know, being a mile high. I mean, jeez. Okay. And the Midwest gets ice cold. I've been, in, I've been in that weather, so I know. Well, anyways, what is on your mind? We have all, we may not have weather in common, but we have a lot of things in common. And here on this show, it's all about our investment portfolios. And today on Invest Talk. I'm going to welcome your calls and questions as I do my very best to offer my 40-plus years of experience in the form of unbiased guidance and opinions. And I'm hoping that will help you become an above-average investor. That was That's the goal of this show, always has been, for you to be a better investor. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't fool myself, and I'm not trying to fool you into that. This is not our marketing arm of KPP Financial. Yes, we want you as clients, yes. But if you want to learn how to do it, I'm here to help you to learn how to do it. So you can call our anytime listener line. It's now open. You can ask any financial or investment questions, and I will do my best to give you a straightforward answer. 888-99-CHART. There's certainly lots of market news to discuss. We saw that new home construction is way below the peak. Now that, mind you, that peak was in what, 2006 or so? Now uh, today, what? You know, we're way, way below that. Way below that. Okay, but we've seen new home construction, new home sales, uh, existing home sales, all are off their peaks. All of it. So it looks like the housing market is not going to be adding to our economy very much going forward. Doesn't mean that the, the economy is not strong. It is. It really is. Now, our, the market itself opened with a nice Friday rally this morning. The big tech names were up sharply at the opening. Apple was up 2% within the first hour. Gold was trading at $1,230 an ounce. And Bitcoin at 6,381. Remember, Bitcoin got up to over 20,000. Now it's 6,381. So gold is only at 1,230 an ounce. Hmm. Gold, as a measure of wealth, has been around for centuries. 
Bitcoin has been around since 2009. So, should Bitcoin be that even at should it be even at 6,381? Supply and demand that drives prices. So, I don't know. What do you think? You are the market. You you everybody out there who buys Bitcoin or buys gold, you set the price. You decide that. Now, since it is Friday, I will be spending a few minutes on the uh, in the first part of the show about on our you know uh, premium KVP premium newsletter. I send it out every Friday morning. And before I get to that, though, let's go ahead and take a caller question. You know that's much more interesting, I think, for you. Our number, as you know, is eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, this is John. Um, just calling to find out what sort of books would you recommend for a beginner investor to read. I've heard. Uh, from numerous sources, The Intelligent Investor or A Walk Down Wall Street, but just wanted to find out what books you have in your library. Thanks. Okay, for a beginner, uh, do not start with The Intelligent Investor, okay? Please do not. Don't start off with The Wealth of Nations either by Adam Smith. Don't. There's certain books you don't start off with because they're just too hard. The Intelligent Investor, yeah, that, that's a hard book to read by Benjamin Graham. I, one Up on Wall Street. Start with that. One Up on Wall Street is a very good start book, book to start off with. Um, there, any books by, uh, my book, Above Average Investor for the Average, Above Average Investing for the Average Investor, that's a beginner book. Okay, you want to start off with beginner books, not with advanced books. Because if you start off with advanced books, you'll, you'll, you'll give up because it's too hard. Try to try it. Start off with one up on Wall Street. Go to our website, investtalk.com. There's a book, a list of books there, and you know I'm just trying to remember the top of my head. Another a thousand miles from Wall Street. That's another beginner book that I like. Um, I like uh, books. I like you know what? Uh, um, Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds is a very good book. It's not necessarily per se about investing, but it's a very good book on how people react to different panicky situations because the market does that. And then there's uh, Creative Destruction, one of my favorite books. You can read those because those are not you know, too technical or too difficult to dive into. There's a lot of books out there. I, I'm, a, I'm a reader. My wife is, sometimes doesn't like it because I read you know, five to ten hours a day depending on what day it is. <laughs> but I, I'm a big reader. Now, the KPP Premium Newsletter out today is once again full, I'm hoping, of solid, I know it's full of solid information for subscribers, because I put it, I put it together. I write it, so I know what's in it. And, you know, it comes out every week. I talk about the week that just passed, this week. So what happened this week? It was kind of a rocky week. But it was also one that looks like the market is attempting to form a bottom after the sharp sell-off the week before. And I talk about that a little bit. Uh, what's the conclusion? Well, the, you can't conclude that the current correction is over. I don't make that conclusion. That's not, you can't do that. Not yet. Earnings season has began in earnest. I talk about that. And we have some strong numbers. Strong numbers which helped, helped stabilize the market this week. A lot of good reports were coming out. Yeah, had some bad ones. But overall, they were, they were much, better, much more on the positive side than a negative. Also, the newsletter letter. Uh, I talked about the how the two housing reports are out this week. The uh, manufacturing numbers that came out this this week that 
These are all reports based on what happened last month. So they're backward looking. But we also had the leading economic indicator out this week, which is looking forward. And I talk about that. There's a portfolio section. There's a stock section. The portfolio management section gives you, you know, on this one I talked about the balance sheets. What what balance sheets, what you look for in a balance sheet. Not the details because I didn't, you can't really get into the details in the, my newsletter. But overall, what are you looking for in a balance sheet? And the stock ideas uh, was a global uh, chemical and plastic company in there. And, you know, you know, I always give you a couple of stock ideas or ETFs or, you know, something in there that I think that either should be on your watch list or, you know, some some reason why you should consider it. But I don't. These are not recommendations. I do not make recommendations. And this is just a, just a couple of ideas for your watch list. And the Consumer Watch this week, I talk, I talk about timing your Social Security benefits, when to start them. So as you can tell, there's a kind of kind of a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter. Remember, I send it out every Friday. You know, that's a that's that's an effort of mine to produce it every week. I, and, and I think it's very valuable and it's fairly inexpensive. You get four 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 newsletters a month. Four newsletters, a premium newsletters a month. If you want to sign up for it, it's like twenty bucks a month or so. Uh, you can go to investtalk.com. And now this is InvestTalk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you live in anywhere near the Bay Area of Northern California, you know I've been telling you I'll be there on November 7th. And I'll be returning to San Jose to conduct no-cost personalized portfolio reviews. If you want to meet with me, you can or tell your friends. Be happy to meet with you and talk about your portfolio. We're taking your questions now live. Give us a call, 888 99 chart. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. Here's a suggestion that could change your future. Head over to investtalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. In particular, you should consider Equity Income Plus because stock investment returns can come from two places, price appreciation and dividend income. Equity Income Plus may well be a strategy you are missing. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Mel in Lafayette, California. How are you doing, Mel? Steve, I'm doing great. Long-time listener. Love your show. Um, wanted Thank to you. talk to you about CVS, Charlie Victor Sam. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, an, yes. I'm an owner, and I appreciate a good dividend return, but I also like its potential growth. And I wonder if you think with the Aetna deal, if it can reach new highs. Did Aetna, is Aetna buying CVS? Is that, I, I'm trying to remember what no, the deal was. CVS, you... CVS is buying Aetna. It's a merger so they ah. can take advantage of the drug delivery uh, system that they have in place through its Actually, network. I think that, 
I, I, when I heard about it, I didn't remember who by who or whatever. I, I thought, actually, that was the first time that's happened that I remember. And that, why haven't they done that before? That seemed to make sense. Big health care well, companies. Well, the first one that's uh, made it through the regulatory, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, research to see if it's a monopoly or if it's going to be good. It did just get approved. And I know they're going to take yeah. on some debt, which they've not had a yep. big debt load and interest rates rise a little bit. And I know there's some concern there, but otherwise the business is so strong. You know, but I've, I've been holding and I'm just wondering, is there a possibility for it to, you know, continue to charge? I think I, I, I like the I, I like the deal, Mel. I think it's accretive. In other words, I think it'll be a cash flow positive for the CVS, and CVS is the buyer. And did you know the CFO of uh, uh, resigned CFO um, uh, uh, Sean Gwinton to resign as CFO of, of CVS? Apparently, you know they're combining. So. I, I think it's a creative. Right. Now, this is double-topped, right around $80, $81. It, it peaked there in January. Now, it peaked there uh, two or three weeks ago. Uh, and that's where your a lot of resistance is. Should it go above that? They're going to make $7.33 yeah. next year. And so $74 stock, that's only, what, a 10 PE? That's pretty cheap for a return of equity of 18%. And they're going to have the combination yeah. of the uh, uh, patient uh, from... Aetna for the whole delivery side, which is other companies are trying to make those combinations, and I think this is just the first of uh -huh. potentially several, uh, but it did stall I think so too. on 81 and couldn't quite pop a little higher, and now I'm afraid yeah. that uh, they're going to look for reasons why, you know, debt load and other things are not going to be able to eclipse that. And then do you hold it for a two yeah. Well, I'm in it about a three and a quarter yield. Um, you know, do you keep it or do you just move uh, on to I, other opportunities? I think you, I think you keep it. I think you keep it. Uh, it's got a very good return at every 16%. And that will eventually equate into higher stock price, but there is a lot of resistance around 80, 81 in that area. But there's, you know, the stock is so inexpensive. If you're patient, you should be rewarded, should be rewarded for it. Thanks, Mel. Appreciate the call. CVS is the symbol, everybody. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and Justin and I are very pleased to announce the launch of our new online instruction offering, Invest Talk Academy. It begins November 1st. Invest Talk Academy will be will provide hands-on, hands-on mentoring. Okay, and so much more. We're yeah, it's a class. It's a classroom setup where we're going to teach various subjects. You get to help set the subjects you want to be taught. I don't know. I'll explain it further in coming hour and coming days. Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk listeners call each week asking Steve or Justin to name the software tools they use for data research and filtering. Ready? YCharts. And if you go to YCharts.com, you can get a free trial. Even better, mention InvestTalk when you purchase and you'll get a significant discount. But now, have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 
Okay, what is our main talking point today? Well, depending on your financial situation, you could benefit from the protection of offered by annuities. You know I'm not an annuity type person. I don't care for them. Explaining annuities and their prime areas of risk mitigation. A lot of people look at them wrongly. I don't hate them. I just know that they're people, they're being sold to just, they're being sold wrong. To me, they're being sold to older people. Older people who can't, they shouldn't tie up their money, and they're expensive. And they make big commissions for the salesman. That's one of the reasons why I don't like it. So I want to talk about that a little bit here in a second. Also, before the end of the hour, the stock market is overdue for a one-day 5 or 10% plunge. One day. I got some interesting statistics on plunges. Just one-day plunges in history. So... How often do you think the market will plunge in one day 20%? You know what happened? The reason why I'm even mentioning because this is October 19th, and October 19th, 1987, the market went down 20%. How often do you think that happens? Statistically, how often do you think it would happen? I got those kind of numbers. And then what if it was 10%, which is a normal correction, or 5%, just one day? How often do you think it happens? And then I want to talk about where investors are growing increasingly anxious about China. China. And I still want to get to that Susan Orman uh, 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 comment about saying you needed $5 million to retire. Do you really need $5 million? So those are things I want to get to if we can. I really do. But for the time being, let's go ahead and squeeze in another caller. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. This is Becky in Kansas City, and I purchased some Whirlpool uh, when it dropped from, you know, it used to be 190, then it dropped to 138, and I bought some at 138, and then I bought some at 111, and it just continues to go down. I think it was 106 today. What do I do? Um, I don't know whether to just sell it all or if I should try to see where it's going to bottom. What would you recommend? Buy, sell, hold, or uh, how low do you think this is going to go? And do you think the dividend is safe on Whirlpool? WHR. Thank you. Bye. WHR. Okay. Uh, Whirlpool. Okay. Uh, manufacturers, consumer warehouse, ref, uh, washer, consumer dryer, washer dryers, refrigerators, freezers, dishwashers, and other household items. And the question is: Is this a time to be in that sector? Um, hold on. Let me put this in a different pieces of software here okay um it has been hit why has it been hit why why is it continuing it's been going down since the beginning of the year really it bounced a little bit here this week but not a lot uh, it's going to make 16 dollars and 18 cents a share next year into 106 dollars stock so the pe though is very very low pe ratio why would it not keep going up it pays a 4.3 percent dividend there's a 23% return on equity. It has very good numbers. So what's the pressure? What's pressuring it going down? And, of course, I, the, the only thing that comes to mind is the trade talks, the trade battle with China. Because I know they make a lot of their stuff outside the United States and ship it back here. And I'm pretty sure that's the problem. Plus, China's growth is, is slowing. Their GDP was lower this quarter than they expected, and their stock market has been crashing. Down 23% or so, that's a bear market. 
so far this year, down 23%. So I think it has a, more to do with outside the United States than inside the United States. It has more to do with trade battles than anything else. I'd have to look into it much deeper to know that. But on the surface, it's a very inexpensive stock. I mean, we're talking about a stock that's, what, 6, 7P going forward. It's very low. But it's also extremely cyclical. And, you know, if China is having problems, which they are, how long will it take before the rest of Asia catches the problem? And will that problem reach here? They're having. Think about this, everybody. What's our stock market done this year? Well, if you're going to count the S&P, it's up about 4%. If you're going to count the Russell 2000, it's down about 8 or 9% for the year. Think about China. That market's down in bear market, 23-something percent. Who's winning the trade war? Well, if it's based on the stock market performance, it's us. But it's not going to be good for either one of us in the long run. It's not. So hopefully we get this resolved. But I think that's what's wrong with Whirlpool. And I think you sell it on a bounce, by the way. I do. If it can get back up to 120, I'd be out. I don't know what's going to go there. If it breaks below about 104, I'd be out there, too. I would give up on it. Monday on Best Talk, navigating the world of Medicare can be confusing, but making the right choices can save you money. Three tips to make the most of Medicare open, re open, remote, re open enrollment. Three tips to make the most of Medicare's open enrollment. That story is going to be on Monday. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART is our number. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. This is Invest Talk. 
Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. And if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Save the date and register now at investtalk.com. Appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Okay, a year ago, no, I'm not telling you. 31 years ago, the the uh, on Black Monday, the Dow Jones Industrials went down 22.6%. You know, how much, you know how many points that would be on the Dow today? 5,700 points in one day. 5,700 points. Now, how likely is that? How often does that happen when something goes down 20% or more in a day, one day? Well, uh, there was... Some smart people put, put the Harvard University, put their, and, and some scientists at Boston University, uh, they put their minds to it, and they calculated how they did it. I don't know. Don't ask me. They calculated but it would happen on average once every 104 years to go down that much. Once every 104 years. So do we have a long time before the next one comes, or... They didn't say that would come every 104 years, but that's the frequency rate. It could come tomorrow. Interesting, though, huh? How about a one-day correction of 5%, which is much more reasonable? How often, just one day, how often does one-day correction happen? Okay, uh, it would... They, they've worked that out, okay? A 5% daily drop in forecast occurs 61 times over the next century. For example, while a 10% daily drop should occur, should occur eight times over the next 100 years. That works out to be a 5% daily drop every 1.6 years. Remember, this is a daily drop, not over two days, not over a week, just one day. That's the rarity of it happening over the one day. But a 5% correction happens all the time. A 10% correction is much is more rare than a 5% correction. We had one in February, but it took the whole month of February. Right? We had a 5% correction over two days last week. So it happened, those types of corrections, but a one-day 5% move or a 10% move is you know, kind of rare. But 5% is 1.6 years. That's not that rare, right? But... I thought it was interesting that, you know, we're not going to, the 1987 crash, because I was around. I remember when that happened. And it's not supposed to happen like every 100 years or so. And you know what? They say that from that crash, there was changes made to the, to the market structure so that we wouldn't have a crash or it would be much less likely to happen. And the main change they put in was trading curbs. And we've had those curbs triggered. But I don't think they're going to work. I don't think they. I don't think they'll stop the one-day collapse. One of the reasons I say that is because our market is affected by foreign markets much more now than it was back in 1987. It was hardly affected by any foreign market. But now you can trade many stocks around the world, minute by minute. So what happens if the fall starts in one of the foreign markets? In other words, they start to have a really bad problem. 
our market would open up much lower from the get-go and start to go down from that limit lower. It would gap down overnight. So how much could that gap be? Could be quite steep and painful for everybody. You have no control. Remember, the market is an open cry marketplace. Even though it's all computerized, it's still open cry. There's got to be a buyer and a seller to happen. And that buyer's got to be willing to pay close to what the seller wants or whatever the seller wants. Or the buyer can just disappear and the seller still needs to sell. What will that do to the price? There is no reason to allow any of your financial investment questions to go unanswered after today's program ends and any night or day during the night you want, doesn't matter, over the weekend, you still can submit your question and we'll answer it on the very next Invest Talk. The number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. My name is Jason. I'm calling from Jacksonville, Florida. Wanted to get your thoughts on Lloyd's Banking Group. That's ticker symbol L-Y-G. I've uh, been beaten up pretty fairly well over the past few years. Uh, keeps hovering around the $3 range. Very large market cap, uh, above $50 billion. Uh, big for an English bank. Pretty large and sustainable dividend. It just seems to be getting beat up by Brexit. I also noticed on Finviz that the insider ownership is about 84%, which is extremely high. In my eyes, a lot of things are kind of lining up, but obviously Brexit is taking a big hit on this bank. And I just wanted to get your thoughts. About a five to 10 year hold. Uh, looks like it could be a solid turnaround play. It just might take some time. Uh, Want to get your thoughts. Thanks again. Love the show. Okay, this is Lloyd's Banking Group, ADR, United Kingdom-based financial services group operating globally. And try to remember, the Lloyd's of London, there's, there, there's a reason why there's a large insider ownership because that, that's how they operate. They used to operate, you know, uh, they, the insurance part operated uh, by the, the signatures of all these wealthy people and they would cough up the money for any losses and they split the profits. But uh, you're absolutely right. It's the cause. It's Brexit, Britain leaving, and the, the, the financial end of the business in Britain is kind of up in the air. We don't. No one really knows how uh, the breakup of Britain away from the EU is, is going to affect, affect banks. Now, the question is, is it falling hard enough? I mean, you got a company that's going to make 38 cents this coming this year and then 34 cents next year. It's a $2.89 stock. So you're looking at a company that is, uh, what, eight, nine PE? That's the the five-year low. But there's not a, the, I don't know, the return equity is only 7%. Pays a very nice dividend, 5.7%. But, you know, your return is not very strong and sales are shrinking. You know, this is a pretty risky play. It sounds like it's not because it's so low priced, $2.89. But it is a risky play because of the unknown factors you have going on in Britain and the Brexit. Uh, I don't think I'd buy it. This is what I would do. If you really want to buy it, you wait till it starts recovering. You wait till it breaks above the 20-day moving average. And today, that's at 308. Uh, and the moving averages are all going down because the stock is going down. It peaked at $4 in uh, just the beginning of the year. The highest it's ever traded 
in the last eight years or so is five dollars so that tells you how difficult this stock has been i don't know i think i'd look for something stronger i really do I'm Steve Peasley, and I realize that a good many of you are regular Invest Talk listeners, but you may also want more hands-on guidance and expert guidance, and you might like to have a knowledgeable mentor. You know, and we, Justin and I, are proud to announce the pre-registration launch for Invest Talk Academy. It begins November 1st. That's our first class. I will be teaching it. This is going to be a fantastic experience, I think, for those people who really want to learn how to how all this works. It's going to take time. You're not going to learn it overnight, but we're going to get in-depth into various topics and teach you those particular topics. You can sign up now. Sign up now. You get the low rate. If you don't, if you wait, rate's going up. So, you know, these are classroom settings, over the Internet, podcasting, live and then you can review it anytime you want you know because it'll be one hour classes um, and it, it, it if you have a desire to learn how to do this this should be very good for you there will be remember it's every week every week we're going to have a lesson one hour lesson every week and it'd be Justin and I we're going to switch off there'll be Q&A question and answers during just like a classroom you can ask your questions Hopefully you can join us. I hope you can do it. We'll be, you know, it'll be a broad range of different topics, and you're going to help tell us which topics you want us to start with. Okay, Best Talk Academy, November 1st. To get the lowest price, you got to sign up by October 31st, and you do that going to investtalk.com. Okay, the phone lines are open, and we are ready for your calls. 99 chart. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. That can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all platforms broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium newsletter, the upcoming Wealth Webinar, and the exciting new Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or sending a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. The reason I'm calling is about, I just want to understand from you, what is the current situation of the market? Is this uh, volatility will continue uh, for a long time or there will be a uh, saturation uh, at a certain point and there will be a market will go up? If you can give us an idea about that, that will be really appreciated. Thank you. Bye. Okay, the answer is it will it will calm down. Yes, it'll calm down as it always does. You had the same thing happen in February, you know. In two or three days, it fell almost eight percent. Ours was about five or six percent or so in two or three days. Um, and I don't think we're done. I, I, for some reason, I feel like we're consolidating here, but I don't think we're consolidating for another move up. 
I think it's consolidating for a move down. If you look at that Dow Jones Industrial, you'll see it. It's consolidating right at the 200-day moving average, right, right above it. And that's pretty strong support because um, it broke down the 20-day moving average, 50, 100-day moving average, went right down the 200-day moving average and bounced. And it's near there now. I mean, it's within, let's see, how many points is that? It's within about 200 points of, of that right now. Um, I, I, I think it could bounce from here. What you're looking for, what I'm looking for for it to be finished, which would be a very good signal, is what we call an exhaustive sell-off. That's when it goes down three to 500 points in a day with ultra-high volume. Okay? We did have high volume those two days, but it wasn't that unusual volume. Wasn't we've had that same amount of volume ten times this year when it didn't go like this? So I mean, I, I think we're going a little bit lower. I, I think we are. It could. It doesn't have to, but I don't think we're. I also don't think the market's going to collapse or anything like that. It might go lower and stay there, but the odds are pretty high that you'll have an end of the year rally. It's from some from a low here made by this correction. Pretty high that that happened because it's happened in the past. I'm just going by what has happened in the past. So I think that's what we're looking at. Now Susie Orman spoke out this week and she mentioned that you need about five million dollars to retire. So I thought that was interesting. I want to get into what she means by that because that's a lot of money. I, do you really need five million dollars? And you, there's some caveats you got to think about. You got to add to this. Before we do that, let's go to Mike in Tampa. How you doing, Mike? Doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, Dana Corporation, I bought at 21, and it seems to keep going down and down, and the technicals are pretty bad. Um, it's severely affected, I think, by trade war talk. It makes automobile parts. Uh, do you think it's worth yeah. selling or, or buying more? What are your thoughts? Uh, okay, let's take a look at the fundamentals. Uh, and I noticed in the auto industry as a whole, Mike, are struggling. It's struggling. Uh, it really is. Manufacturers covered uh, cover modules, axles, gaskets, suspensions, and drive shafts. It, it's a $2.3 billion company, so it's a small cap company. H has good profits, good sales. The sales have fallen this most recent quarter. The, the, the growth of sales is still, let me rephrase that. The sales growth has fallen. It's only growing 12% this last quarter. Before, it was in their 20 to 30% range for the three quarters before that. So that kind of disappointed everybody. But it's been falling since since the beginning of the year. And just to let you know, Mike, you're, this is not unusual. The, over half the S&P 500 stocks, over half, 250 of them, are down 20% or more. Right. Twenty percent or more, you know. So it's 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 you know, it's not a healthy this market really all this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if it, I have this, a long time they're worth just holding. Yes, it, it, it's really inexpensive. It's really a solid company. High return on equity at thirty-four. The P range. I mean, it's going to make three dollars and nineteen cents. It's a sixteen-dollar stock. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a what five and a half PE. How low is low? I mean, so, you know, the only little concern I have, pays 2.5%, is they got some debt. I mean, the debt, the cash flow is $4.10 a share. So, 
you know, it's, it's attached to a very cyclical uh, industry, automobiles. That is your problem, and uh, it might be, uh, this is out of Ohio, so it shouldn't be too much trade talk effect, but maybe it is. I think it's a good, solid company. I'd hold on to it. October's flying by fast. I mean, it's almost over, right? We got, we, we, we've got a, a free online webinar coming up, and that's going to be October 30th. That's 11 days from now. And also, I'll be in San Jose, returning there. I go back every month or so. November 7th. November 7th. If you want to meet with me, no cost. No, no, no. Uh, you, know, you can set up a time, appointment anytime. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, navigating the world of Medicare can be confusing, but making the right choices can save money. Three tips to make the most of Medicare open enrollment. Justin will have that story Monday. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. I love your show. Just wondering, I've got about 20% in cash right now because of getting stopped out of different stocks. The stocks I have left are big dividend payers like Procter & Gamble, Philip Morris, AT&T, things like that. Should I put that money into those or should I just hang out in cash until growth stocks valuation come around? Uh, thanks for listening to the uh, remember, you don't want to buy too much any one stocks, and the stocks you mentioned sound like kind of core holdings, and I would just hold on to those. And remember our rule, 3% of one of a stock of your portfolio, is, you can go up to 5%, but 3 to 5% is kind of max 5%. Don't buy more than that. I would hold on to the cash for the time being until we're comfortable that this, this uh, current uh, weakness is... Uh, at least worked its way out, no longer falling. And you will you can watch the charts. It try, it's trying to, on a chart, to put up a chart of the uh, uh, Dow Jones, and you'll see what I'm saying, see what I'm talking about on the Dow. Russell 2000 looks weaker, by the way. The, short, the small cap looks much weaker. So, But look at the charts. Wait till you see a turnaround or at least a few weeks of sideways movement uh, and that might give you a better idea that maybe the correction is over, as opposed to just guessing that it's over. And the cash it can be put to use quickly after that we feel like the correction is over. You know, you don't have to. You can put some back in right now if you want and buy something, but don't buy the same stocks. Move to something, something else. For instance, you know, defensive stock utilities are very good defensive stocks right now. They're doing pretty darn well. I have a number of them in my portfolios and they're, they're holding up well. They've gone up, not down. So there are things, there's always a place you can put some money. There always is. And um, I, I would consider some big utility companies at this stage because they're fairly defensive and pay nice dividends and, you know, just like those that right now. Uh, you know, as we know, October is almost, pat well, it's not almost, was it? The 19th. So it's going by fast, past midpoint at least. So be aware, you know, we have our online webinar coming up, so I'd love to see you then. So remember, that's on the 30th. And I'm going to be on the 7th back in San Jose. Don't forget those days. So Susie Orman said you need $5 million to retire. 
what she said. <clears throat> you need $5 million, $5 million to retire early. And she said that this is all having a big cash cushion in case something bad happens in the market. <clears throat> so not only do you need, not, not just about the $5 million. You're going to retire early. You're going to need more money. You're going to, uh, you're going to, um, <clears throat> going to need the cushion. You also, depends, she also, you had to listen to her. But there's also where you live. How expensive is it where you live? If you live in Silicon Valley, if you live in New York City area, if you live, you know, in San Francisco, you know, those are very, you live in Malibu, I mean, or do you live in the Midwest somewhere? Or, you know, someplace that's very low cost, Arkansas. So, the, you know, you gotta, it depends on where you live. And another one, it depends on your lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle do you need? They'll be comfortable. So obviously, you can live on substantially less than five million dollars. You can't live, in you know, it, you can't live substantially less on than on five million dollars. Maybe a million, two million. It depends on you. Now, do you need a big house, or can you be comfortable in a thousand square foot, one story old home? See, it's not, it, so when you see stuff like that, you got to really pay attention to the details. You know what's easier? Think about this. How much you're going to get in Social Security, okay, per month. Figure out about 4 to 4.5% withdrawal rate from your, withdrawal rate per year from your nest egg. And how much money is that on a monthly basis? And then how much is your expenses on a monthly basis? And you can figure it out. How much money you need? Will it support your lifestyle? It's not rocket science. It's not that hard to figure out. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. I guess it's time to close it up for the day and for the week. And, of course, this show will be on our podcast player on investtalk.com. You can replay it anytime you want. And attention, podcast listeners. You will be hearing more about Charts, the maker of the software that Justin and I use and very serious about. Data research, filtering, charting. It's all there on Charts. We use it every day. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.